Those who love soccer will be following the games and they would see the players um, putting all their effort uh, during the game. 当然跑得快, 那球踢得准, and if uh, the player is a fast runner and very good at scoring goals, then that is a, a, a their performance of their strength. And each time that there was a goal, uh, the spectators would be uh, shouting and cheering. It's as if the entire stadium is filled with strength. But if you do recall, where do we show our genuine strength? The strength represents that you are a fast runner, you can lift heavy weights. That is just an external uh, um, showing of strength. Most often, you can also find strength in stillness. For example, a giant reservoir. If you go to a reservoir, you will see that the water is very still. As if there's no uh, strength in the water. But once the gates are open, the water will be gushing through the gates. Nothing can stop it. If you take a look at the, uh, the, elect- uh, the power poles, Especially for the high voltage ones. On the surface, it's very quiet. You can't see whether electricity is running through them. But in fact, in it contains high voltages. So let us not be deceived by an outer appearance. And power can not only be shown externally by one running fast or one lifting heavy weights. And what is more powerful is a spiritual strength. It can be revealed through stillness. Let's turn to Psalms 46. Psalms 46, verse 10. Psalms 46, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And here it says that we have to be still or be quiet. That is, don't move. Don't move doesn't mean that you sit there and do nothing. Rather, it's a stillness of your spirit. Why is it that God wants us to be still in our spirit? Let's raise a few examples. in stillness, one finds great power. If a person cannot calm down, that person has no power. 
there will be frustration. Or the person has to keep looking for things to do because he or she cannot calm down. Or they cannot sit still, they have to do something, for example, blow with their cell phones. A person cannot calm down. These people have no spiritual power. But that is often the state that we find ourselves in. And recently we have been reading the book of Psalms. From Psalms 46, we understand why we need to be still in our spirit. There are three reasons here. It says here that only when we are still that we can know the true God. Earlier we read verse 10. Says, be still and know that I am God. These are words of God spoken through the psalmist. That is, if you want to know God, you have to be still in your spirit. To truly understand and know God. You may say that I already know God, I have been a follower for so many years. In fact, you don't truly know God. Uh, for example, you only know God superficially. Ah, you believe in God, you will have grace. If you do the holy work, you will receive more blessings. That is all you know. Do you know the will of God? Do you know what God wants you to do? If you do not calm down and be still, you will never understand God. It says here in verse 10, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. That is, if the people of God cannot calm themselves down in spirit, they feel frustration, they feel anxieties, they keep talking, they keep moving, then their actions would not glorify God. Same for the church. If members of a church do not understand that they have to be calm and still in the spirit, then the work of the church will not prosper. The church will not glorify God. And same for us individually. If you are rash in making your decisions, that is, through flesh, through your desires, how would you glorify God? Most often, the decisions we came to would be wrong. This is because we haven't calmed ourselves down before we make our decisions. And we haven't calmed ourselves during the process of making a decision. And after we have made the wrong decision, our heart could never calm down. And it says here that only when we have calm ourselves down that we can see the works of God. Verse 8 of chapter 46. Come, behold the works of the Lord who has made desolations in the earth. Only when you have calmed yourself down do you will see the work of God. You will see and behold the works of the Lord. 
God is working uh, on your behalf, so what is there to worry? Sometimes we, we, we put in best efforts to work for God, but God did not move. You're merely wasting your energy. And therefore, we should first calm ourselves down in the spirit. Let's read verse 1. Psalms 46, verse 1. One, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Here, the psalmist has used three things to describe God. And just pay attention when you're reading the book of Psalms, you have to put in some effort to try to understand the Psalms. Every verb, every noun that the uh, or every description that the psalmist used, you have to think about why he or she is using such a word. The first word that the psalmist used is refuge. What is a refuge? In times of trouble, you can hide from your troubles. Very often we say to ourselves, I wish that we can find a hole to hide in. And sometimes when you encounter problems, really the first thing you want to do is hide. But hide no more. Only hide in the Lord. When you encounter problems, you can only hide in the Lord because He can give you strength. That is why the psalmist here says that God is our refuge. We should be living or we should be abiding with God in our normal times, and in times of troubles, we should more often. Be, we should furthermore be in the Lord. Ordinarily, we should draw close to God, but in times of problems, we should draw even closer. Ordinarily, we should pray to God, but in times of problems and troubles, we should pray even more. Fast and pray. That is how you have seen God as your refuge. A second word that the psalmist used to describe God is strength. You are afraid, you have no strength. You're trembling, you have no power to face your problems. Yet, because you hide in the Lord, you no longer depend on yourself, you no longer depend on others. You realize that once you have entered into the Lord, it seems that you have recharged your batteries and you are now full of strength. It's like into your cell phone, you haven't recharged it for two days and the battery has been drained. No matter how good or how smart your cell phone is, without electricity, without power, it is useless. To charge, uh, it needs time. If a person hides in God, then spiritually the person will be recharging non-stop. So when you charge a cell phone, you realize that there is heat produced. Because because energy has entered into that device. And spiritually, we can also feel the same. Sometimes when you uh, attend a seminar for a week and after that seminar is over, you feel this fervency in your heart. 
and you feel this warmth in your heart because you have listened to the truth all week. And if you pray to God every day, you will feel that indeed you have power in the strength, in the spirit. Even though externally nothing has changed, but you have changed. You're no longer afraid. Next, the third description of God is that He is a very present help in trouble. And you realize that God has opened up a path for you. You are at the end of your wits, but God has opened up a path for you. This is because God is with you. So the very first verse of this psalm has already given us three descriptions of God. But you have to follow um, the order. First you have to enter into God. And then to recharge and gain strength. And finally, the last thing you will see is a very present help in trouble. However, to gain strength needs time. When you charge your cell phone, it takes a it takes a period of time. And regardless of how fast your phone can charge, it still requires time. And if you charge and use, charge and use all the time, your phone hasn't really been fully charged. And have you tried this before that halfway through recharging your phone, you decided to unplug and use your cell phone? Then your phone will never be full, so you cannot calm yourself down in that case. And during a week from Sunday to Saturday, for five days, we have been running around not resting. And when we enter into the Sabbath, we start recharging ourselves. We come before God. Let's read verse 2. Psalm 46, 2 and 3. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. 3. Though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with a swelling, 7. And these two verses tell us that even the earth will change. It is true that the earth do change. You may think that a mountain may be where it is, but think about it, a mountain could be under sea. If you don't believe me, study geography. On the highest mountain, you will see fossils of sh- uh, seashells. It is true if you study geography. The mountains that you see today used to be under sea. So the earth will change. And sometimes even mountains can, uh, can disappear under water. For example, during an, a major earthquake, sometimes the mountain and the land could slide into water. And after a major earthquake, there would be tsunamis that could uh, ruin the entire city. 
And sometimes our lives is just likened to this that we could encounter uh, a major change. You may be very stable, then all of a sudden you find that you have been sliding into the waters. For example, you think that you have a good job, but all of a sudden you could be laid off. Or, or you think that you are very healthy, but your doctor may tell you that you have a terminal illness. And sometimes there will be changes in our family as well. Your loved ones have left you. What do you do? Most people would suffer a mental breakdown because they are afraid. They lost their hope. But as the chosen ones of God, Verse 3 says, Though the waters roared and the mountains shake with the swelling, we are not afraid. This, we're not afraid because we have strength eternally. That we have gained strength through our stillness. The world keeps changing. And a lot of members, their hearts have gone up and down along with the trends of the world. And if you, uh, if you listen to the news every day, you find that it is all bad news. It is true that if you don't draw close to God, if your heart is not anywhere close to God, you will be afraid every day. The more you watch the news, the more fearful you become. Second, the older you grow, the, the more fear you experience. What do you fear? You fear death. And when you see that the people around you have all lined up and start to report themselves to God, in the past, you attend the funerals of your elders. You think that death is far away from you. But when you start to attend funerals of your peers or people or your friends' funerals, or you attend funerals for those who are younger than you, are you afraid? And that is why a lot of people are afraid of attending funerals. Yet it is something that it is a mess that they must do. For, for one who is close to God, they will not fear no matter what they encounter. Let's turn to Proverbs 24. Proverbs 24, verse 10. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. So if you faint in the day of your adversity, your strength is small. Earlier we say that the middle-aged elders are afraid, but even the young ones are afraid. Because the young ones today are, are going through a world that they could not imagine. They don't know what they will encounter in the future. A lot of the young people these days are hiding behind their computers. They don't want to go out because they are afraid. 
The outside world is fearful. 但是圣经告诉我们，你当你里面有力量的时候 ，But the Bible tells us that if you have strength from within， 你就不怕。You will not be afraid. 但是如果你怕，你的力量就微小。Because if you are afraid, your strength is small. 好了，那为什么可以不怕 ？Why is it that we can be unafraid？ 关键到底在哪里 ？Where does the key lie？ 我们看诗篇四十六篇的第四节。Let's turn to Psalms forty-six, verse four. 四篇四十六篇的第四节。Psalms forty-six, verse four. Verse four. There is a river whose stream shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. 这里说本来山啊、海啊都在动啊、都在翻腾啊。And it says here that the waters roar, the mountains shake. 为什么有人可以不怕呢 ？Why is it that some are not afraid? 这个是反常的嘛，怎么可能不怕？ This is unexpected. How could one not be afraid? 哎，原来关键就在这里。The key lies here. 原来一个人如果在神的城里面，在神的圣所里面，他就可以有平安。A a person shall find peace in the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. 哪里就是神的城。Where is the city of God? 哪里是神的圣所 ？Where is the tabernacle of God? 神的真教会啊。It is the true church of God. 你跟神很亲近，你常常在神的教会里面聚会、灵修、团契。If you are close to God, you often draw close to God by having fellowship, by praying, attending services. 啊，你有困难，你都来教会祷告。And if you encounter problems, you come to church to pray. Then your fear would diminish. More importantly, what is there in the tabernacle of God? In the tabernacle or in the holy place of God, there is a river. And there is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God. This is very precious. Um, in the Garden of Eden, there was a river. That is the river of life. And from this one river, there shall be streams from it. This is a prefiguration. The Garden of Eden represents, or, or rather, prefigures the true church of God. Why is it there is life in the Garden of Eden? Because there is the river of life. Why is it that today in the True Jesus Church we have a spiritual life? And we, have, we do not have to fear. What does this river represent? This river represents the abundance of the Holy Spirit. It is a river of living water. Let's turn to Gospel John chapter 7, verse 37. John chapter seven, verse thirty-seven. Verse thirty-seven. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, "If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink." Thirty-eight. He who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Thirty-nine. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So, so here it explains. When you are Here it has explained to us that when we are thirsty, where should we go? We should go to Jesus. Jesus can give us what? What would Jesus give us? He will give us out of our heart rivers of living water. This is referring to the Holy Spirit. 
This refers to the Holy Spirit. When Jesus spoke this, his disciples could not understand because uh, the Spirit was not yet given. On the day of the Pentecost, the Holy Spirit descended on them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to prophesy. Sorry, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in tongue. Indeed, out of their heart flew rivers of living water. So when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, it's likened to have uh, water flowing out of you. For example, you were anxious, you were sorrowful. You knelt down to pray. Once you worry, you kneel down to pray. And when you're tired, you rest. And you become worried again, you pray again. You pray for the Holy Spirit to fill you. And the Holy Spirit is likened to living water. It will wash away your sorrow. And water flows very fast and it will wash away all the dirty things. For example, there are a lot of uh, uh, um, uh, strange uh, thoughts in you because you have been filled with the things of the world. Pray well. Calm yourself down. And watch less of the world. The Holy Spirit will be likened to living water cleaning your heart. If you encounter a major problem, that you should depend on the Holy Spirit even more. And there was a sister who was about to undergo a surgery. She was worried. And before her surgery, she spent a lot of time praying at home. And she was filled with the Holy Spirit. It is as if that our Lord Jesus has lifted the, 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 the rock that is in her. And when she went into the operating room, she did not worry at all. And during the surgery, she saw a vision. She saw the glorious light of God. It was beautiful. And she saw a younger version of herself. And she felt peace at heart. And she thanked God for guiding her. The surgery went well. And this is what is meant by in the city of God, there is the river of God. Have you allowed this river to flow out of your heart? A lot of brothers and sisters have the Holy Spirit but do not pray well. And that is why the water could not gush out. They were not able to focus on their prayers to pray deeply. And that is why when they encounter problems, they experience fear. So when a person has been filled with the Holy Spirit, this river will bring joy to the city of God. Let's turn back to Psalms 46, verse 5. Psalms 46, verse 5. Psalms 46, verse 5. God is in the midst of the city, and the city shall not be moved. What does it mean? This is the city of God. Is 
And does that mean that the city of God will not go through storms? No. The city of God will be blown by tempests and storms. Just like in verse 2, that the earth will be moved and the mountains will be carried into the sea. This here, but this particular verse refers to the city of God. The church is the house of God, is the city of God. And the church is a refuge from storms and tempests. At times, the church itself would, have, would experience the tempests and the storms. What I mean is, Inside the church, there will be storms and tempests. But regardless of how great or how powerful the tempests and the storms are within the church, so where there are humans, there are problems. There is a saying, oh, there is a description called a storm within a teacup. And a teacup is so small, yet there's a storm brewing in it. If there is more than one person in a place, there will always be a storm. Because one person cannot argue with himself, you need at least two people to argue. And there are hundreds of people in the church. And even within one small family, there will be multiple storms going on at the same time. Sometimes the relationship between the father and mother are not good, or the relationship between the children and the parents are not good. Or the relationship between the in-laws are not good. And there are so many families in the church. And of course, there will be opportunities for the storms eternally. But let us not be afraid. And verse 5 is great encouragement to all of us. This is where we differ from the others. In other organizations, if they have internal storms, perhaps the entire ship would sink. But the true church of God is different. Yes, we will face or we will encounter storms. But we do not have to be afraid. Because God is in the city, God is in the church. And the, church, the, the city shall not be moved. Yes, we may be shaken, but we will not be moved. It says, at the break of dawn, that is just prior, that is darkness before the breaking of the day. And sometimes the church do go through a period of darkness. And there may be internal problems, weaknesses in the church. That the faith of the members begin to shake. There are less people coming to church. That the love has grown cold. But let us not lose our faith in the church. At the break of dawn, the time of God has arrived. God will stretch out his hand. God will help the city. We thank God our true church, church have a history of over 100 years. And we have church established in over 60 countries around the world. 
And just referring to us, Vancouver Church. Uh, from the 90s, we have people coming here to establish a church. This chapel was purchased in 1994. Almost 30 years. And how much tempests and storms we have experienced throughout that period. And sometimes the winds that blows, that blows in the church are as strong as a typhoon. But God is still among us. God has never left us. When the darkness is over, God will stretch out his hand to help the city. If you, if you think about it, if it's not for, the, for God, uh, what would the church become? If it were not for the preservation of God, who will keep our faith? Yet our faith has been preserved. As long as you have steadfast faith in God. No matter how strong the winds, no matter how strong the earthquake, you will not be moved. Because in true church, we have God. There was one person who said this. If God is not in the true church, I would have left the church a long time ago. And we see sometimes the weaknesses of men. Yet this person saw the abidance of God. And even in the times of weaknesses of the true church, we still have the abidance of God. And God is indeed here with us. And when God stretched out his hand, everyone knows. Because everyone is afraid of God. And that is why that person said, here is where God is, therefore I cannot leave it. Remember this point. That in the true church, God is there. So let us not do foolish things. We should have a heart of reverence for God. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 23. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 23. Which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And we have read earlier that God is among us, therefore the city shall not be moved. And what Paul is saying here is the same that God uh, is the one who fills all in all. And what is it filling with? The Lord Jesus Christ. Even if there is only two people left in the church, the Lord Jesus will still fill this place. Because this is the church of God. And that is why we have to fix our eyes on Jesus. And in the true church, there is indeed the abundance of God. Let us not take our focus away from God. Because if you remove your focus away from God, you shall definitely fall. If you focus on God, you will not fall. Let us turn back to Psalms 46, verse 6. Psalms 46, verse 6. 
The nations raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, the earth melted. It says what it's describing here is that times the city of God or the church of God will be under attack from Satan. The nations, what does it refer to? Refers to those who do not believe in God. Kingdoms, that is other kingdoms. And of course, the kingdom of Israel in the ancient in the olden days, they were under attack by its neighbors. But here it refers to the spiritual. The spiritual Israel, which is the true church. And the Bible tells us that the devil is in control of the nations of the world. It, he is the one who controls uh, everything on earth. So sometimes when you see the problems in the church, superficially it seems to be interpersonal problems, uh, or disharmony among workers. But behind the issue is it is a spiritual problem. Because Satan wants to destroy the church. And he wants to cause dissensions among the members. And he, he wants members to be jealous of one another. And so that everyone will be moved and shaken. This is a, a tax from Satan. Spiritual annoyance. And you take a look at a couple, sometimes a certain a couple could experience a lot of problems. Of course, there could be communication breakdowns and other problems. But why is it they have left a foothold? For it is because they are weak and they have left a foothold for Satan. And Satan have used has used your weakness against you. And and that is why we have to be prepared or we will be under attack. And in the end times, the true church of God will be under attack. Let's turn to the book of Revelation, chapter 7. Revelation chapter 12, verse 7 and verse 8. So, in the heavens, there was a and war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. Here, John saw a vision, for, saw a spiritual vision, that in the vision he saw a war. This heaven is not referring to outer space. It refers to the spiritual realm. It refers to the true church. Because in the true church, it seems that we are on earth, but we are actually in heaven. We are the ones who will be saved, but we are, there, we are out there to save souls. This is the city of God. It is the Jerusalem in heaven. The war, and but prior to the coming of our Lord, there will be a war breaking out. And of course, how could Satan stand by and watch us saving souls? 
How could he stand by and watch us being saved? He is in the city of God. That is why he will, of course, cause dissensions in the city of God. Here, Long is a demon. Here, the dragon refers to the devil. But it is not just one demon. Long is just the head. There are many little demons. There are many of his disciples. And there is not only one evil spirit. The dragon is the head, but he has angels by him. There are many devils and evil spirits. In the church, there are a lot of evil spirits. When you're sitting down here, even the evil spirits are staring at you. Because if you're sitting here and you're dozing off, then it is the spirit of dozing off that's attacking you. And if you're sitting here, you're not listening to a sermon but playing with your cell phone, and it is the spirit, evil spirit of the cell phone that is attacking you. And you have listened to so many sermons, so many truths, but you still there's still hatred in you. Therefore, the spirit of hatred is attacking you. It is true that the devil, the devil is constantly attacking you, binding you, except that we are ignorant of it. Even during services, there are spiritual wars being fought. And of course, if you're staying at home, then you're already under the control of the devil. But if you come here, you will be fighting a battle. And if you come to church and you see the problems, interpersonal problems, and you become disappointed, then you have now you are now under the control of Satan. Or that you refuse to submit to the sermon that you have heard, or you refuse to submit to the truth. You have your own views on the truth. You refuse to submit to the truth of God. Then there is a battle going on. And if we rely on ourselves, we will never win this battle. But it says here that God has sent Michael, the archangel. Michael is an angel of warfare. And he is a warrior. A warrior of the spiritual battle. If you know that you are fighting a spiritual battle, you should pray fervently because God will send Michael to help you. However, if you are being captured by the dragon without even realizing it, then there is no hope for you. If you know that you are about to be captured by the dragon, pray. Because God will send Michael to save you, to deliver you. And verse 8 says, But they did not prevail, which means that the dragon and his angels will never overcome Michael and his angels. Because there is no place in heaven for the dragon. As long as you're willing to rely on God and be close to God, then the dragon will never be able to capture you. And the true church in the end times will encounter a warfare. However, a lot of people have been captured by the dragon without realizing it. They, they don't have a heart to rely on God. And how did the dragon capture the members? 
Let's turn to Revelation chapter 12, verse 9. Chapter 12, verse 9. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And here, the great dragon, also called the serpent of old, deceives the whole world. That he lies to you. We all understand that um, magic shows are wonderful and very entertaining, but everything is fake. The devil, Satan, is the greatest magician of all. And he will show you all the glories of the world. And when you see this, you lost yourself in it, and you don't want to come to church, you don't want to believe in God anymore. And all day, you start surfing the web and not do anything. And I sometimes see members when they come to church, they have been, they have been entrenched um, uh, to their iPad. The moment they come into the church, they take out their giant iPad and start flipping through it. And when, they, when they were having meals, when they were drinking tea, they will also be flipping through the iPad. This is a just superficial. And then there will be members who are enticed by the trends of the world. The things of this world are beautiful. I want to follow them. And there are some people who are enticed by the philosophies or the schools of thoughts of the world. And they think that homosexuality is good, it is human rights, why can't we grant it to them? It is love, why can't we just give it to them? They don't read the Bible, they don't understand the truth, and they have been influenced by the thoughts of the world. And some of them, some people or some members have been um, deceived. Um, Every church is the same. Every church is wonderful. They all believe in Jesus. Why do we have to believe in the one true church? The thoughts of humans. The logics. They don't read the Bible. They don't believe the Bible. They don't submit to the truth. And the devil is very good at being uh, um, um, uh, by, by providing half truth. A half truth is not a complete truth. And the devil can entice you to think that what you're listening to is very reasonable, but in fact, it's not. So, so if someone were to tell you half truth, you should be watchful and be alert. Because if you believe in them, you will be deceived. But there is another tactic that the devil uses. What does the devil like? 
He likes to accuse others. Let's turn to Revelation chapter 12, verse 10. Chapter 12, verse 10. Then I heard a loud voice say in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And in fact, there is another thing that the devil likes to do, that is to accuse. Accuse who? The devil is accusing the people of God. The devil does not need any rest for 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. He would constantly be accusing us. Why is it that so many members have been accused by him? Uh, two reasons. First is that we ourselves carry sin. That we have unknowingly committed sin. We have weakness. And that is why the, the, the devil accuses us before God. He would be saying to God, God, how could you be using these people? Do you know what he has done in secret, what he was thinking in secret? Do you know what is in his heart? The devil knows what is going on in our heart. He does not need the password to your cell phone to know what your cell phone contains. He would directly enter into your brain to find out what you're thinking. If you do not forgive and you hate others, the devil knows. The devil would be telling God, He is just like me. And God, He lied. He is just like me, so how can you save Him? He's constantly cursing using coarse languages. So how can you let him enter into heaven? If I can't go into heaven, why can he go into heaven? If you do not save me, why do you save him? If you have committed a sin, you will be accused. And this is how powerful Satan is. And the second situation that, this, that Satan would accuse us, even if we are perfect, like unto Job, Satan still accuses Job. And he, Satan said to God, You are so good to Job, of course he will follow you. And if you take away his protection, Job would desert you in a second. So the devil accuses those who are good, the devil also accuses those who are bad. Because he is the accuser. So be mindful, be mindful that the nature of, God, of devil is to accuse. He accuses you not for the sake of justice. So it is very different from the legal counsels in the, in the, in the police station or in, or in the justice system. And those people are there to put the, the, the evil people away. The, 
the accusations of Satan is for evil purposes. Because that is his nature. So let us be careful today. If you like to accuse others, you like to point your fingers at others, you like to judge others. You like to accuse others before God. You should be extremely careful. You may have been used by Satan. But fear not. We have mentioned earlier that God is in the city. If the devil is to entice you, what do you do? Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. Verse 40. Matthew chapter 26, verse 40. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? 41. Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Here there's Jesus and his disciples. The disciples have been tempted. They fell asleep not because they were tired. Jesus was tired too. How come he was not sleeping? Because Jesus was alert. He knew that uh, that there's a warfare going on. And the disciples were very relaxed, not realizing that they are fighting a battle. In spirit, if you feel that there is no problem, then there is a big problem. So when the devil wants to tempt you, it is, it is the time that he wants you to feel relaxed. To feel very relaxed when you pray. You may pray for a couple of minutes and you fall asleep. You feel very relaxed attending services or listen to sermons, especially at home. You will listen and fall asleep. You have not led a life of spiritual nurturing. And how did Jesus overcome this temptation? He was alert and he prayed. The greater the temptation, the more alert you should be. Because there is a, because the church is undergoing a greater battle. If God is among us, as long as God is among us, we should not be afraid. So how do we deal with the accusations of Satan? Fear not, if, if Satan is accusing you, we have our Lord Jesus with us. Let's turn to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 33. Chapter 8, verse 33. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. 34. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. So it tells us how our Lord Jesus overcome the accusations of Satan. We already mentioned earlier that the nature of Satan is to accuse us. The nature of Jesus is to love and to forgive. And that is why our Lord Jesus will be victorious. Our Lord Jesus died for us. He was risen from the dead. And he still intercedes on our behalf. 
得胜控告。So the Lord Jesus overcomes Satan with His blood, with His intercessions, and being risen. 虽然我们天天被魔鬼控告 ，Even though we are accused by Satan every day， 但是只要我们跪下去祷告 ，As long as we kneel down to pray， 赦免我的罪。Lord, please forgive my sins. 你的宝血天天洁净我。May your blood cleanse me every day. 魔鬼的控告就站不住了。Then the accusation of Satan will not stand before God. 神的会，所以说会出来说，我已经为他死了，宝血已经给他了。你控告什么 ？Because our Lord Jesus will come out and say, "I have died on His behalf. My blood has washed away His sins. What is there to accuse?" 你的控告站立不住。Your accusations will not stand. 主耶稣会帮助我的。Our Lord Jesus will help us. 所以神在其中。Because God is among us, and the city shall not move. 有人迷惑你。If someone were to tempt you, 有人控告你。If someone were to accuse you, 神在其中。God is among us. 所以我们要休息，我们要安静，要知道谁是神。And that is why we have to be still to know who is God. 唱诗。Let us sing hymn. 三百八十二首。Hymn number three hundred and eighty-two. 